Welcome to That's Too Loud Podcast. I'm Jordan Vickers. And I'm Jesse Fleming. I was expecting you to say Jesse Vickers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your sister-in-law. <laughs> I was like, well, she's my sister. She has the same last name as me. Guys, we're sisters by blood, so. Blood. 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 Does it, do you, do you remember that YouTube video? Um, blood. Yeah, the, like the muffins. Um, Choco Choco Chip. Yeah. <laughs> muffins. Asbestos muffins. Asbestos muffins. I'm making muffins <laughs> as best as I can. Yes. And then he goes, blood. Blood. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. That's Holy amazing. crap, that was such a long time that ago. Was so long ago. <laughs> it has to be 15 plus years Have ago. you watched that recently or something, or did you just remember it? Every single time I say the word blood, I think of it. Oh, really? Jordan and I randomly look at each other, hold our hand up like we're holding a muffin, and we blood. say, blood. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So how's your day, Jordan? It's good. Yeah. Have you heard the new Taylor Swift song? I haven't yet. I haven't listened to Lover? it. Lover? No. You haven't? No, I know. I've been meaning to, but I haven't had time yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well. Is it good? It's good. It's slow, but it's good. I'm just excited about the whole album. Like, it looks like there's, like, so many songs on it. I know. She released the, like, all the songs on Instagram or whatever. Like, the, mm-hmm. the titles numbers. and everything. Yeah, titles. Thank you. Yeah. How's your day? It's good. Me and Jono chilled for a little bit this morning. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, came here. Cool. <laughs> we get to hang out all weekend, so that's fun. Who? Me and you. Who? Me and you. <laughs> Me? Me and you. <laughs> we helped um, my mother-in-law get some stuff today because she's moving mm-hmm. so we went to big lots to pick up like she bought like a mattress in a box or whatever and some Need furniture that. there yeah she was like i really want a purple mattress because <laughs> jordan and i have a purple mattress oh yeah and she slept on it like in our guest bedroom when she's been here mm-hmm. and uh so she's like i really want one but it was like uh cheaper to get the one at in the box big lots yeah yeah yep jordan and his mattresses has to have them a certain way. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we've gone through like six probably. Yeah, <laughs> because like we ordered them online. He's like, this isn't good, and then we and then like we we always knew we liked purple mattresses, but for some reason he's like, let's try something else. Yep, <laughs> always trying to get the perfect one. Yeah, he's always he's he's clearly a type one. Clearly, <laughs> clearly a type one. So guys, we uh got a lot of good feedback. On our first episode, which if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. It's our Enneagram episode. Yeah. Um, we basically explain Enneagram and talk about Jesse and mine's numbers, Jesse and I's number, Jesse and my numbers. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had pretty good reviews on that. Good, good comments, good everything. So we are actually going to be starting a nine episode series. Series. Yeah. yeah. Enneagram series. Enneagram series. So each episode that we do... It's going to be on each type. We're mm-hmm. going to start with one and just make our way up to nine. Yeah. So today is Boy Jordan's type. Yeah. Type one. <laughs> type one. Just to give you guys a little bit of a review of what the Enneagram even is, because maybe some of you are listening, you don't know. Um, yeah. So the Enneagram is a tool on your journey of self-discovery. Um, so basically it tells you 
your dominant personality and tells you your tendencies and what your personality is made up of and how you receive things, how you take things, what your tendencies are basically. And then it tells you how to love yourself, how to grow as a person and how to love others when you learn their type. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Type one. Yes. And if you haven't listened to our first episode, you you really don't need to listen to you it to listen to, to these. Um, because we'll, yeah, she because we're gonna go in, yeah into in depth about yeah, every personality. So you don't type. really have to, but go listen to yeah. it. It's, it's fun, and and you get to see us. Actually, you don't get to see us. You get to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you get to hear us on that episode. Yeah, we talk a little bit about our types, which we probably will again once we get to our types. Yeah. Um, a little bit more. But Coolio, Dulio, Coolio, Dulio, get us started. All Jessica. right. So type one, the reformer, is the name of type one. Um, they are the rational and idealistic type. They're principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfect, perfectionistic. I always well, have trouble saying that for some reason. Yeah. Perfectionists, basically. <laughs> um, ones are conscious, conscientious. I can't say that either. Conscientious. 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 Ones are ethical. <laughs> with a strong sense of right and wrong. <laughs> They're often teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change. They're always striving to improve things, um, but they're afraid of making a mistake. So they're always striving, but then they're always looking out like, oh, oh no, is this, am I going to mess up? Wow. <laughs> yeah. um, they're well organized, they're orderly, um, and they try to maintain high standards, but they can slip into being critical and professional perfectionistic see that word again it's man. hard <laughs> they typically um, have problems with resentment and impatience um when they're at their best though they're wise they're discerning they're realistic and they're noble mm. and they can even be um morally heroic wow i just think of like the avengers yeah <laughs> not that they're all type ones or anything but <laughs> when you hear the word heroic yeah that's what you i just think, think of. of all my type ones in my life and that they're heroes <laughs> at heart so the basic fear of a one is of being corrupt and evil or being defective um so their basic desire is the opposite. They want to be good at heart. They want to have integrity. Yeah. They want to be balanced people. There's there's also two um, different wings that a, a one can be. Um, a one can have a nine wing called the idealist or two wing, the advocate. Um, if you're interested in learning about the wings um, of a one, you can go to enneagraminstitute.com. They have all the answers. They really do. And a lot <laughs> of it we're reading from like almost straight from there. So you don't need to take notes. Just go to the EnneagramInstitute.com. Yes. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the key motivations of a type one. Um, they want to be right. They want to strive higher and higher and higher. Um, they want to improve everything and just be consistent with their ideals. They want to justify themselves and to be beyond criticism. So as they can't be condemned, condemned 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 by anyone <laughs> they want to do everything perfectly yeah. and they want to be out of reach for people to criticize them yeah and they think it all through beforehand and then they want to execute it perfectly yeah um wow so for each personality type too there's what's called um levels of development 
Um, so it's basically an internal structure within each personality type. Um, it'll um, give you the structure of your behaviors, your attitudes, your defenses, your motivations. Um, so those levels account for differences between people of the same type. So you can know like three different type ones, but they're all different mm. because of their levels of development. So levels of development, like, does that correlate with the, how healthy they are? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, there's three um, categories, I guess. Healthy, average, and unhealthy. Oh, okay. That's the levels mm-hmm. of development. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. And then within those, like, there's three, t- uh, what's it called? Sub-levels, I guess. Mm-hmm. So there's three categories in healthy, there's three in average, and three in unhealthy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm not going to read every single detailed one for one because it's a lot a of lot. reading. Yeah, <laughs> but um, all you want should definitely go check out the levels of development. Um, and they help you just gauge where you are as, as your type. Yeah. So then you can be honest with yourself and be like, wow, I'm actually in an unhealthy place yeah. right now. <laughs> That's so cool because yeah. like if you are being honest with yourselves and you – and you see that it's like that's such a good way to like improve and mm-hmm, to grow and, as a yeah, person and it's a good tool to use too yeah definitely the basically the healthy the healthier you are according to Enneagram the more present and awake you are in your mind in your heart and your body yeah, I like that yeah I thought that was really cool so all you ones out there listening go check that out if you haven't already um yeah. There's also um, direction of disintegration and integration. So in brief, a direction of disintegration is when you're stressed, um, when you're under increased stress and pressure. Um, it basically is like what your reaction. It's basically like what your reaction would be when you're under stress. And for a one, when their direction of um, disintegration is to be um become moody and irrational like an unhealthy four so ouch to me no (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny um just you literally said that and i'm like thinking of my husband (laughs) yeah under stress like when he's yeah under a lot of pressure what did you say moody and irrational yeah yeah like like a mood like an unhealthy four yes it's so it's true yeah And then for a one, the direction of integration, like when they're growing as a person, Mm -hmm. um, they can become more spontaneous and more joyful, like healthy sevens. Cool. Um, Yeah. So when they're moving toward health, moving toward growth, they're going to look a lot like a healthy seven, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. (laughs) Another category, I guess, for figuring out the way that a one in any personality type works and the way that they're wired is called the three instincts. So what they teach in Enneagram is that everyone has these three in, in, instincts. instincts. Thank you. <laughs> three instincts. But one should be um, one that you mostly rely on, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. One that is stronger for you. One's a, that One that's more dominant. Yeah. So just to yeah, o- do an overview of these two, we're not going to go deep into... Um, any of these really, but um, for which the three, I know nothing about the instincts <laughs> or anything. Yeah, the more you learn, the more crazy it is because yeah. the three instincts also help you decipher between different ones. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, let one of the people we're going to be talking about today is Andy Jackson. Her um, her brother is my husband, Jono. So my sister in law, um, but she's a one. And then your husband, boy, 
like they're not the exact same right. at all. Just because you know? they're ones, they're, yeah. they're different though. Yeah, you and know? then you can tell by their instincts, by their levels of development, mm-hmm. by their disintegration of, or di- what's it called? Uh, their direction of disintegration slash integration. Mm-hmm. That will tell you like, oh, so that's why they're both ones, but they're different people, right. you know? Yeah. So that's what I love about Enneagram too is that we're not all like – Types of each other, you right? Know I mean? like, like photocopies um, or clones, clones of each other. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and as a four, you know, I like to be different An than individual. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, just knowing that each four is a little different makes it even right. better for me. Yeah, <laughs> each one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but back to the three instincts, <laughs> we each have them. Um, so, there's a self-preservation instinct, which is Hold concerned. On. All these instincts are the same for each number. Yes. Okay. They're all the same. So you each has the same three. Um, and that's why I'm just briefly going over okay. it because it applies to every number. Yeah. We're, we'll do that for every episode probably. But um, just a really quick one. Um, there's a self-preservation instinct, which is concerned about preserving the body and its life and functioning. Um, there's a sexual instinct, or a lot of people will call it a one-on-one instinct mm. because it's um, extending ourselves through the environment Um like close personal relations basically and then there's there's a social instinct um which is i'm concerned with getting along with others and forming a secure social bonds with people um so we all have three of them the main focus is our dominant instinct so i encourage you guys to go look that up too to figure out more about yourself and the enneagram i was reading today um they believe that all three of those categories are really very important to understanding your type Mm. fully and who you are fully so they say that, you know, if you really want to understand yourself fully to learn about each of those three. So Jordan, why don't you give us an overview of the type one, basically what they are known for, or what they do. Okay. So the type one is the reformer, as Jesse said before, and they're named that because ones have a sense of mission that leads them to want to improve the world in various ways. And they'll do that using whatever degree of influence that they have. They strive to overcome adversity, um, particularly moral adversity. They um, they do that so that they so that the human spirit can shine and make a difference. They strive after quote unquote higher values, even at the cost of great personal sacrifice. I admire that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. So ones are people of practical action. They wish to be useful in the best sense of the word. Hmm. On some level of consciousness, they feel that they have a mission to fulfill in life. If only to try their best to reduce the disorder they see in their environment. Although they have a strong sense of purpose, they also typically feel that they have to justify their actions to themselves. And often to others as well. Wow. This causes one to spend a lot of time thinking about the consequences (laughs) of their actions. A.K.A. why my husband can't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. As well as think about how to keep from acting contrary to their convictions. So because of this, ones often persuade themselves that they are thinking types. Rationalists who proceed only on logic and objective <laughs> truth. <laughs> but the real picture is somewhat different. Ones are actually activists who are searching for an acceptable rationale for what they feel they must do. Their personal 
Oh, just kidding. Sorry. There are people <laughs> of instinct and passion who use convictions and judgment to control and direct themselves in their action. Wow. Yeah. One. So ones believe that being strict with themselves and eventually becoming perfect will justify them in their own eyes and in the eye of others. Mm-hmm. Um, but by attempting to create their own brand of perfection, they often create their own personal hell. Oh, man. <laughs> I bet that that's like a, a hard line to, yeah. to sit on, you know? Especially when it's coming from inside of you. It's like right. my own head is telling me it has to be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, that's, that's also, that, that's hard. Yeah. So we went ahead and asked some of our type one friends some questions. Yeah. And we just wanted to get their perspective on what it's like being a one. Because for me, especially, I'm like, I don't understand, like, yeah. wanting to be perfect all the time and, like, you know, striving and striving and striving and striving. As a four, I'm just like, I just want beauty. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect, you know. But um, I would say as a two, I can kind of understand it because, oh, cause, you yeah. know. But I think I just am like, it's not possible to be perfect. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what um, they both said, the two people that right. we interviewed. They were yeah. like, it's hard because I have these expectations, but I could never, I know that I can't reach yes. this. Yeah. So we went ahead and we asked Andy, Jonna's sister, and then um, we asked a friend of mine named Libby. Yeah. So I'm going to answer as Andy. And I'm going to answer as Libby. Yes. <laughs> so the question, the first question we asked both of them was, how has maintaining high standards and perfectionism affected your life? So before I read the answer, I just want to point out that um, both type 1s gave me the longest answers in a good way like they thought through every single possible like answer that they could have given yeah and they wanted to make sure it was like a perfect answer and that's hilarious (laughs) yeah I loved it (laughs) because both of them responded the same way they both like wrote the longest thing and explained themselves thoroughly and like yes explained themselves thoroughly and like wanted to make sure it was perfect basically but um that's so good (laughs) i love it so um i'll read as andy um reread the question okay how has maintaining a high standards and perfectionism affected your life so she said um there's definite pros and cons to having high standards and trying to achieve perfection pros it's allowed people to trust me knowing that i will do whatever i can to make things right and do things to the best of my abilities cons it can kind of set me up for failure since like I said before perfection is hard to achieve most of the time it makes me very hard on myself when things don't go right and when I don't hit that standard I've set that's one big thing the Lord has been doing in me the past year is tearing down that pride in the need for approval or the recognition or recognition for things that I do so yeah man so Libby says um I've noticed in myself that perfectionism is the strongest when I'm supposed to be following the rules. For example, if I'm sewing a quilt and the seams don't match up, I can be very critical of it, but it's much easier for me to ignore that than if I run a red light. 
Mm-hmm. I'll probably always notice the things that are quote unquote wrong, but I'm becoming better at recognizing that my conscience is not always is not necessarily always right. Mm. I loved that. I love that both of their answers are like um, wanting to do things to the best of their ability yes. and wanting to do things perfect according to the way like they morally think about it, you know, right. Or the standard that they've set. Yeah. I just love that their answers are so, so similar. similar. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the, um, the Libby saying like, even if she's just sewing a quilt, you know, and it doesn't line up, you know, I can just picture her just like throwing it out or something. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, right. this isn't right. You know? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. So the second question we asked them is, um, what are some examples of ways you have noticed yourself striving to improve things? So let's hear Libby's first. Okay. So Libby says, I think a better question for me would be, what are some ways that you have not tried to improve things? <laughs> <laughs> I am currently reorganizing things to make them more efficient. I've rearranged my kitchen multiple times. My closet has been arranged at different times by either clothing items or color, which reminds me that I need to reorganize my closet again today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Andy's answer was actually very similar. Um, I often try to improve, she said, I often try to improve my graphic design abilities and improve the way we do things at the church office or with events and always trying to improve the way my house looks. (laughs) (laughs) So they both were like doing internal, like working on their skills, um, improving the things around them and improving their homes just like in every area really. Crazy. That's so fun. Um, So the third question we ask is, how often do you find yourself wanting to tell people the right way to do something? <laughs> Man. And this is one that I relate to very, very As much. a two with like yes. a wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Andy said, all the time, in all caps, <laughs> unless it's something I know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. Or no, she said, you know, those debrief or recap meetings after an event? Or something where you talk about what went right, what went wrong, and what needs to be fixed or done differently for next time. Yeah, I love those. (laughs) (laughs) I love those too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) When most people, I feel like, would be like, let's just move on. Right. Yeah. You type one, people are like, let's figure out how we can improve. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. So useful. All right. Libby says, most of the time, if not all the time, I only try and tell people the right way to do things because I genuinely want to be helpful. Mm. I have had to work especially hard to support people's ideas and only offer advice when they are wanting to make more concrete steps toward that goal. Mm. That's, That's, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's hard, but it's good. Yeah. I like how they both, you know, talked about, um, they both admitted like, Yes, I want to. Uh, I want to do. It all I want to do it all the time. Basically. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that Libby showed her wing too. There, she's like, yeah, I really just want to like genuinely help people. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet. It is sweet. Um, so speaking of wings, the next question we asked both of them is, what wing do you most relate to, and nine or two? So Libby says two. I can still see the nine wing every now and then, but I feel the two wing all the time. I genuinely do love helping people out and I am in my element if someone needs help that I am able to give. And I know I'm a one because I try to make everything perfect before (laughs) I give something. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. So Andy said, um, do I have to have a wing? (laughs) 
Okay, so maybe I take that back. I just read something about a one wing two, and it was pretty dang accurate. So I guess we'll say that's me, even though I still don't like wings. <laughs> that's a classic one thinking through the decision, making sure it's a perfect right. answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. So next question and final question we asked is, as a one, what can a friend do to make you feel most loved? So Andy said, um, the first two things I thought of were, one, acknowledge and recognize the hard work I put into something. Mm. And two, clean and organize my house for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, she said, um, those two are very one-ish. <laughs> That's so funny. So what did Libby say? Libby says, firstly, if you have a correction for us, just know ahead of time we will probably take it badly at first. Mm. But eventually we will stop being defensive and apologize. And in parentheses it says, and then think about our wrongdoing for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think since the main thing we want to know is that we are good, Criti- criticism is especially cutting. Mm. One of the greatest sources of anxiety for me is not knowing the rules of whatever situation I'm in. Mm. So knowing so she, what's expected of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing the rules of, mm-hmm. of everything. And then that way she can follow. Yeah. <laughs> I think the main main thing she that I got that from her, what she said, is she wants to know that you know she's good yeah like at heart yeah. she is a, a good and that's the basic desire of a one mm-hmm. like they want to be good they want yeah. to be free of corruptness or corruption is the right way to say it <laughs> yes that's so funny because i feel like i've asked you that question before like do you think that i'm actually a good person at heart yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't even have like a strong wing one that's yeah funny. but it makes sense because yeah you're yeah. two and you're right next to it yeah um, <laughs> So I wanted to share something um, that I read today about the Enneagram, and I loved it. I haven't told Jordan yet, Um, but it basically said, um, ultimately, the goal is for each of us to, quote unquote, move around the Enneagram, Mm. integrating what each type symbolizes and acquiring the healthy potentials of all the types. So... um, the idea is to become a balanced, fully functioning person. Wow. So, and it says the personality type we begin life with is therefore less important ultimately than how well mm. or badly we use our type as the beginning point for our wow. self-development and self-realization. Wow. That's awesome. I was like, dang. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a four, but that's just the beginning. But you don't have to just be a four yeah and i don't have to just be a two yeah i can take the parts of a one yeah that are healthy and beautiful and i can acquire it and put yeah. it like in my personality and be like i want to be like this part of a one or this part of a two yeah and that's good in turn become a whole and balanced person that way by yeah. acquiring the healthy levels of people i like that so then i was thinking to myself what can i learn from a one you know as i'm reading about you know how different yeah. they are from me. I'm like, That's what a good can question. I? Yeah. yeah, what can I learn from a healthy one? You know. Yeah, I I think I can learn um, to be more um, morally heroic or be more morally standing for right and wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, in my heart, I know what's right and wrong. We all have that, like, you know, yeah. that sense of you know abusing helpless people is wrong, or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, stealing is wrong or whatever 
but I admire that part of a one that wants to be morally good and wants at heart, like, that's, you know, their desire is to just be a good person. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's what fuels their perfectionism. So I think thinking of things that way of, like, being a good person and like yeah. doing what's right and even if it's hard even if it costs me something and mm-hmm. that's something as a four that's hard is if it costs me something yeah. <laughs> you know I don't know that I want to do it right but um that's good yeah I can learn that from them for sure I think like the reorganizing or the all that like Jordan does that all the time mm-hmm. and honestly I think I can I like that and I could be, do that more, you know, yeah. even if it's just like changing something up in the kitchen or the closet, like Libby was saying, mm-hmm. or yeah, that was Libby, mm-hmm. like Libby was saying. And I think yeah. that, yeah, just changing I th- up. I love that. Yeah. I think something to admire and can learn from, from fours is like, I mean, I'm a four <laughs> from ones is, um, <laughs> how to not just settle, I guess. Yeah. Because That's I good. feel like a four, like, I feel the beauty in something, and I'm like, okay, it's complete, and it's done, mm-hmm. you know? But ones can push me to be like, but, you know, how can I improve it? Yeah. Not in a self-critical way of putting myself down. Right. But thinking, like, how can I experience more beauty? Or, you know, thinking of it that way. Like, yeah. not just settling for the way something is, but pushing harder to get it yeah. to be, you know more beautiful or better That's or good. yeah so I, I feel like that. your answers are very four like, <laughs> <laughs> like deep and yes. meaningful <laughs> I love That's it so funny oh so good well I um looked up some celebrities <laughs> no gosh who were a type one and then mm-hmm. I also looked at the Avengers Oh. Who were type ones? That's awesome. Which is funny because you brought that up. The heroes, yeah. Yeah. So here's some, ce- not celebrities, but like famous people, famous I people. guess. Yeah. Um, Anne Frank was a type one. Really? I could yeah. see that. Okay. Harrison Ford. What? That's what Google told me. Okay. Martin Luther. So not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther. But, yeah. Um, Harry Truman. Oh my gosh, yeah. He was he had a lot to do with IHOP. But anyway. Oh, cool. Yeah. Martha Stewart. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then some of the Avengers that are type one. <laughs> uh Captain America. He's a type one. I could see that. He's always wanting to improve things. Yeah. yeah. It says, um, like mm-hmm. anyone, Cap's sense of right and wrong is clearly defined. Yeah. Um, with little room for gray area. Mm-hmm. He's an advocate for change and justice and wants to remake the world into a better, more principled place. Yep. I, I totally see that. I mm-hmm. love him. War machines on there, but he doesn't really matter. <laughs> Keep that in, please. <laughs> wow. Everyone around the world is going to be so offended. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the only time we ever get mail is gonna be hate mail because i I just said that all the war machine friend or friends Uh, fans Uh, fans, thank you (laughs) but yeah so captain america and then all those other famous people i love it i can totally see that wow little oh cap i love you so now boy jordan has to be captain america for all (gasps) cap is my absolute number one in my in my life. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him right now and, and like, 
<laughs> I'm just saying. Ooh. That's America's. <laughs> yeah, but that was great. Thank you for yeah. all the information. And, and I was learning along with our listeners. And Yay. it was great. So here's a shout out to all you ones that listened. Yes. Um, I hope you maybe found out a little bit of something about yourself or maybe just laughed and related to the yes. ones that were here. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much to Libby and Andy for yes, answering the thank questions. You guys. Um, we loved your answers and loved your vulnerability. Yes. Thank you so much. But now it's time for Fact, Fact or Fiction. fiction. <laughs> you went up on that one. <laughs> okay, so this time I just did two facts and you didn't do any right, Jesse. Nope. I mean, they're not facts. But two facts are fiction. Yeah, since I took most of the teaching, I let her do yes, all the facts. She she, do hers the- are always better anyway. No, <laughs> no. Okay, ready? Here's number one. Mm-hmm. Lightly. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Lightning never strikes in the same place twice. Fact or never? fiction. 100% of the time, never does? I don't know. It just says, like, that's just something that I've been taught from a young, you know, like people used to say that lightning never strikes in the same place two twice. <laughs> two same. twice. <laughs> same, same place two twice. Same place two twice. <laughs> same place twice. <laughs> oh um, I'm going to say false. Fact or fiction? Fiction. <laughs> it's fiction. Yes. It strikes in the same place twice quite a lot, actually. Yeah, it does. The Empire State Building gets struck by lightning over a hundred times per year. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. See, if you say never or a hundred percent, it's usually you fell for it last <laughs> I episode. I'm so mad. That's. I just want to say that every single episode. If anyone ever says to you, hundred percent of the time, or never or always, yeah, is they're it, most likely wrong. You should question wrong. it. You yeah. should always question it. <laughs> Dang you it. should 100% of the time. 100%. 1% of the time, it's probably true. Yeah. 1%. I can't even think of one. Yeah. Number two. If you cry in space, the tears just stick to your eyes. Or to your face. Sorry. True. Fact. Fact. <laughs> I was doing Both times. Yeah. Fact. Um, if you're interested, you can look up a video of Chris Hadfield crying in space, and it just like sticks to his face. Was, was he a four, just like um, like overwhelmed by the beauty of space, just crying? By I himself? think it was just maybe like an experiment, but oh, I genuinely, see. I just made that up because I don't know. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining in on our type one, not diabetes, not diabetes, <laughs> our type one enneagram uh, <laughs> episode. If you have any questions, you can email us at that's too loud podcast at gmail.com we're on instagram and facebook at that's too loud podcast mm-hmm. um you can text jesse at <laughs> oh god <laughs> please don't <laughs> i'm kidding um yeah just contact us and, and let us know if you have questions or if you related to it or yeah um whatever we will post the enneagram test below yeah. in the information yeah We'll also put the link to the website, enneagraminstitute.com, yes, so yeah. you can read more about it. So you can read up on it. We'll, we'll directly link you to the, the type one page. Yeah. Um, so that you can just... It just yeah, and even it. if you're not a one, this episode is just fun to learn about your It is. Ones. It really is because you, you probably know ones. a one. You In your life, I'm sure you know one. One. 100%, 100%. 100%. 100%. There you go. 100%. <laughs> you know a one or you've interacted with oh, a, a one before. <laughs> That's the 1% of the 100%. That's correct. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah. Um, 
Pay attention to our stories and our posts because we might ask some questions about yes. you guys. Yeah. Um, yes, we will. Yeah. Yep. Right. We love you Thank guys. you so much. We love you. Thank Goodbye. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.